The date is Friday, April 17th, and you're listening to Entertain This, a thought-provoking podcast encapsulating all things entertainment. On today's episode, Nick and Alex duke it out to discuss which Hallmark movie is the worst. We'll chat through the plot and dissect our chosen movies and leave it for you to decide which one sucks more. Enjoy! All right, Nick. Um, so Michael's sick. He is. And it is currently Wednesday, my the dudes. night that we usually record. Yep. It is Wednesday, my dudes. <laughs> um, and we don't have a topic to talk about. Correct. So I am going to issue you a challenge. If you accept, then this will be our topic for this week. All Thank right, you. but what is the challenge? Give it to me. Here's the challenge. Have you ever been, I'm sure as a child at least you have been, um, flipping through cable channels, through cable TV back when that was a thing, mm-hmm. as you may remember fondly, um, and happened upon the Hallmark Channel? Uh, I never watched it as a kid, but I am familiar with the, the format in some form or fashion. Are you familiar with the concept or the format of a Hallmark movie? <laughs> yeah, all too well. Um, the, pretty cookie cutter, pretty yeah, bad in yeah, general. Yeah. There's a I, lot of overtones there too, like the whole, the whole, uh, the white knight concept. You the know? white knight concept, the heroine concept. Right. Um, the hyper-masculine macho man that comes in to save the day. They all kind of play like a romance novel. Nothing wrong with that. My challenge to you is, it's currently Wednesday night. Yep. We're going to record on Thursday night instead of Wednesday night. We're going to hopefully get it up by Friday to keep our recording schedule. Um, I give you until tomorrow night when we record the podcast at 7.30 to find what you believe is the worst (laughs) Hallmark movie. We're talking Christmas. We're talking ones they play every other day, ones... Just a Hallmark movie. Try to find the worst one. I'm going to find my worst one. And we're both going to present our arguments during the podcast. Okay. And at the end, we'll leave it open. Um, We'll post it all over social medias. And if we can get people to listen, we'll have the people decide who picked the worst Hallmark movie. Dope. I like it. Yeah, that means I have to watch a, a Hallmark movie between now and tomorrow night. You technically don't have to watch it. I was just going to say, all you have to do is read the description of it. But okay. watching it's also I get bonus points fine. for watching it, right? Oh, yeah, no. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, you get bonus points for watching it for sure. Plus 10 bonus points for Gryffindor. Um, and if you can try to find key points that are like cliches in these Hallmark movies, we talk about those. <laughs> it won't be hard. That's for it sure. It will not be hard. <laughs> It's a good topic. So that's the challenge that I present to you. We'll think of some sort of punishment, or maybe the loser will have to do whatever, whatever the the, the loser will says. have to make their own Hallmark movie. <laughs> oh my god, that's genius! And it'll be shitty. It'll be <laughs> the loser has to write their own screen <laughs> pitch for a Hallmark movie. That we have to present to the other two people on the podcast. (laughs) That's perfect.
I love it. Let's do and it. And you know what? Just to add a little flame to the fire, in case <laughs> we ever actually do get big, we'll look up the budget for a Hallmark movie and we'll start just a, a looming a looming GoFundMe page. Yeah. And if ever the GoFundMe page hits its goal, we have to make the movie. Okay. Hey, I can do it for 20 bucks if you pay me. <laughs> Honestly, I have the editing skill to make it. Um, I have the cinematography skill. I even have the equipment. Uh, but for paying actors and all of that, we'll set up a GoFundMe actors? page. <laughs> but, but we'll do it right and then we'll okay. submit it to hallmark <laughs> <laughs> with all of the cliches okay so find the worst hallmark movie the worst one okay you, you have until tomorrow night i'm gonna find what i think the worst hallmark movie is okay. we're both going to go into a detailed description both taking up a half an hour for our argument right and then we'll leave the internet to decide who picked the worst one who picked the worst one okay and whoever loses may have to make their own hallmark movie it is now thursday we have taken uh time to peruse the internet for hallmark movies and i think that i found a pretty good one yeah what about I you found a halfway decent one um well, that was the opposite of what you were supposed to be doing. I know. I know. I'm sorry. I just, I just looked for one based off the thumbnail that was the worst, and uh, this one didn't disappoint. I'm, okay. I'm, I'm kind of a nice guy when it comes to reviewing movies, honestly. But um, Oh, I completely trashed this movie. I could trash this movie. Uh, I decided not to because, you know, there's, there's people behind it, and they might listen to the podcast someday and get real pissed off. I don't know. That'd be pretty, that'd be pretty fun. <laughs> Um, so I just thought it'd be nice, though. We decided to go into a little bit of uh, in-depth about what exactly the Hallmark Channel is. Right. Add a little bit of information to the beginning of this podcast so that we can inform people on stuff that's going on. Um, yeah. And, and, you know, remain educational as we so often fall into. Yeah, it uh, seems like my episodes are more educational, but... Uh... Mine was pretty educational as well. Yeah, I, feel. I enjoyed it. Yeah, it yeah. was educational about alternate reality gaming, so I enjoyed that. So, um, you have something written about the Hallmark Channel. So go ahead. And <laughs> Boy, do I ever. Go ahead. Um, it's None of this is based on fact, by the way. This is just all my opinion and me spewing uh, hateful speech out onto the internet in some form or fashion. Excellent. <laughs> but in my opinion, uh, Hallmark is a giant piece of shit. Correct. Okay? There's no way around that. When there is corporate garbage, it is the bag in which corporate garbage is. <laughs> yeah, it seems like that. Um, but as as I mentioned, it's, it seems to be quantity over quality. And I think you hit on this before, but it's so much just stuff. It's an overwhelming amount of movies. Correct. That it's like they don't put a whole bunch of high quality movies out there. It's just a lot of movies. I would say um, that if Hallmark had an industry... It has somehow learned how to market the heart and emotion, put a, a price tag on yeah. feelings, which yeah. is nuts. And that goes for like the Hallmark movies, the Hallmark series, uh, the Hallmark uh, stores, the ones that Don't sell the, the cards, the cards, the Hallmark yeah. cards. They have put a price tag on love. And I think that's nuts. But they've done it so successfully that they have a successful line of stores as well as a TV channel that's rather popular. 
Yeah, I know a lot of people that watch it. Um, everyone's at least at least heard about it. If they didn't, they'd probably stop listening by now. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so see the statistics later and see. Yeah. If you drop off the podcast, I can see that. And it hurts my feelings. <laughs> um, but I, <laughs> I was a law-abiding citizen uh, this time around. I, I went on Hallmark.com. I went on their streaming service. Their uh, Hallmark Now, as they call it, their streaming video on demand uh, kind of service that they have. I, I happily used Putlocker and I okay. torrented my movie. So no worries. You're a terrible man. They got my no, credit we're card keeping, information. We're keeping the scale balanced. Okay, yeah. We have the lawful good side and the other the side. The chaotic neutral is <laughs> right. the other one. <laughs> a little D&D reference for you there. But uh, yeah, I scrolled through the, the catalog they had there and I, I swear I started seeing double because there's all these metrosexual men with silly comb over hair and beard. I'm sure you know the look. And the women, they, they looked, you know, halfway decent. If I say too much, Natalie's going to get angry at me. Um, but I, did I mention that these were all white folks too? That's correct. It is strange. Very Caucasian. I was talking to Chloe about the scene in in my movie that I was watching, uh, which won't be too much of a spoiler. So still listen in so that you can hear which movie I picked as my worst Hallmark movie. (laughs) Worst of all Um, time. But I was telling her that I had paused the movie on a crowd scene Mm -hmm. and finding even one person of color was like playing Where's Waldo. There was... There was nothing. It was a sea of white. White faces, blonde hair. It was difficult to find a person of color. But in the very back, I found a very tall African-American man, and I said, there it is. There's the tax write-off. There's Barack Obama. I mean, I'm sorry. Uh, (laughs) Probably not. He wouldn't want to be on a Hallmark movie, I don't think, at least. You never know. I don't know what he's doing nowadays since he retired from being president. You're right. He'd be doing Um, anything. Now, as you say that, there are... I've noticed, because I've seen multiple Hallmark movies, unfortunately, um, there are a number of cliches that kind of lay out a guideline of a movie that belongs on the Hallmark channel. Uh, And I touch more on that as we debate over our movies here on Debate This, a segment on Entertain This about... There you go. It's Entertain This. I just had to remind you. It's a segment. It's a segment on Entertain This called Debate This, um, where we fight it out. In the arena of the internet, deciding who's right and who's wrong. Hey, where do you um, stand politically, by the way? I don't want to talk about that. <laughs> and uh, we're going to get to that in a second. And again, we're going to post on Twitter a poll, and you guys are going to decide who won uh, between me and Nick. And the loser will have to write their own screen pitch yeah. for a Hallmark movie. Um maybe even including some of these cliches. Uh, But it's oftentimes there's a girl, uh, there's another guy, she goes away, she finds another guy, the other guy comes back, they get in an argument, he leaves, she falls in love, they end up not together, and then the good guy who you've been rooting for the whole time ends up with the girl. Right. I think, well, mine was a little... Different than that, but roughly it fell the into same. the same category. Yeah. I bet it's cookie cutter. Um, this one had like a little chocolate frosting on it or something. That's nice. Yeah, uh, and oftentimes um, they just take these exact same plots and they revamp them and they plug in other people and they just send it on its way. And that's yep. how you come up with the most Hallmark Christmas movies. <laughs> 
And that's mine it. wasn't a Christmas movie, actually. It was a it was a Halloween. Mine wasn't either. Mine was, was a Valentine's theme. Day movie. Why is it that they just settle into these? You know what? These are called Hallmark holidays for a reason. What? Okay. What was your movie called? Because we're going. Mind I'm going to tell blown. you mine, and you're going to tell me. You're gonna. You're gonna. You're gonna tell me what your movie was called, and I'm gonna try to tell you what the plot was, and vice versa. I'm gonna okay. tell you my title, and you're gonna tell me what you think the plot was. Um, right, but you go, go ahead. Okay, I'll go first because I, I'm gonna explain uh, my movie first. Okay. And then you can go. You can explain your movie second. But we'll do. We'll figure it out. Don't worry okay. about it. This is totally gonna work out. Um, so the title of my movie was Valentine Ever After. All right. Um, Valentine Ever After. Well, it probably has some sort of uh, Disney princess kind of vibe to it right off the bat because it's Ever After, right? The, interesting, interesting. The way every movie, I think, ends in the in the Disney franchise uh, of princesses is with a happily ever after. Yeah, true. Um. So here's what I think happens is you have exactly what you described before with the with the man trying to get involved with this woman. Uh, the woman gets involved with another guy. We'll call him Guy B. And they, they, they're separated for a while. She gets with Guy B. It doesn't go so well. And then uh, later on gets re-involved with Guy A. You've um, got to throw in a little bit of sprinkle of, of detail here because you yeah, just I'm said being, exactly I'm how every vague. Hallmark movie goes. Yeah, I'm being vague because I don't want to be wrong. Uh, I don't oh, come like on. Wrong. Go out go out on a limb here. Be a little wrong. Okay, so Valentine's ever after... Well, I can't guess the plot, but I, I'm giving you enough vague details that that's probably it. Um, it probably has something to do with Valentine's Day. Uh, candy and flowers and a Hallmark gift card, maybe. Maybe. Yeah, a little suggestive advertising in there, too. Um... But that's that's really all I got. I can't really guess anything more about it. So mine starts off as a beat music plays. It introduces our Caucasian female protagonist. Her name is Julia. Uh, in the first two minutes, we find out a couple things. We find out that she wants to be a lawyer and that she has a mom who is dead. And we know those things immediately because this old white man walks in and starts gloating about how he's a better lawyer than her which we find out is her father. Mm. And he's saying things like, your mother would be so proud if she saw the woman you grew up to be. You know those lines that are always used? Mm -hmm. yeah. um, in the first two minutes, you kind of find out that her mom's dead and it like throws it on you like a hot pancake. Yeah. And that's something that's supposed to stick for the rest of the movie is like, she's got a dead mom. He's like, your mom would be so proud of the way you stepped up and became a lawyer at this thing that we started. And I know that you failed the bar exam three times, but what do they say is the third time's the charm. Normally they say three strikes and you're out, so don't try again. Also, like, why is he saying, like, you're this great lawyer and your mom would be so proud that you failed the bar exam three times? Like, that doesn't add up. I mean, if she fails the bar exam three times, she's a bad lawyer. You tried. So your, her mom probably wouldn't be proud, is all that I'm saying. I'd be proud that bar exam's hard. I'm just saying, Maybe. she's got, so she's got a dead mom. Dead mom will be proud that she failed the bar exam three times in this magical world that we're talking about. A Hallmark world, um, yeah. And he, her dad goes on to say, she would especially be proud to be your mom today. Oof. And Julia's like, 
what's today? I don't know what you're talking about. And he just kind of blows the subject off. He's like, ah, don't worry about it. Aren't you late for dinner with your fiance, Gavin? Mm. And I could have sworn at this point that it was like maybe 12 o'clock. Like it was the middle of the workday at this law office. But no, apparently it's five o'clock and she is late for dinner. As always, this is okay. something that you will see a lot in Hallmark movies. Yeah. Oh if no, I, I'm if late I could for just dinner. Chime in, like, Go ahead. The, the whole lateness aspect is is another thing that was in my movie as well. There's definite parallels between. I can assume all these movies, perhaps, uh, not just yours and mine, but the the guy. It it starts out and he's he's late for work. He's always late because he was doing something or he was working too late, and it's just <laughs> why is Being this a cliche? Late means that you don't care about the thing in Hallmark. That's oh, what that, that is. <laughs> it's symbolism for like, you don't care about that specific thing. Damn, and that okay. goes on to say, Julia says, well, what if instead I call him up and just ask if we can like downgrade to take out rain check? Yeah. Like instead of going out to dinner, what if I just, I think I'm just going to call him and be like, let's just do takeout tonight. Mm-hmm. And her dad's like, no, no, go get gussied up, go have a nice time, go out. And so she goes and she goes like, out to this what what seems like a bar it seems like it maybe serves like burgers um maybe definitely peanuts but it looks more like a club atmosphere and we're introduced to gavin who is immediately a bigger tool than the unlikable abigail oh sorry julia they refer to as abigail once when writing the script the dad refers to julia as abigail um, but then they changed name? her name to Julia. Okay. It's Julia. Okay. They just named her Abigail at first and then changed it and didn't take it out of the script and then didn't edit it out. Maybe that's her first name? Like her, they're going by the middle name or something like that? I mean, you can rationalize in your head. It was just bad writing. <laughs> okay. <laughs> See, I don't have all this insight as to what's bad writing or not. What I do know is that I have a gut feeling. And, you know, I have a big gut because I'm thick Nick. But um, th- there's a feeling that the movie didn't isn't quite good and i'm really i can't put a thumb on it you know okay you're right um, yeah because we were trying to see who could find the worst hallmark movie and i think i won so i'm gonna keep going <laughs> okay sorry <laughs> she is telling a story about work and how she built a website and how she's really proud of it and gavin keeps replying with these short answers like yeah uh-huh and like not actually saying anything remotely close to a conversation and then finally finally uh we figure out that he's actually ignoring everything that she's saying he's talking on a bluetooth headset (sighs) so immediately you're like okay i get it this guy's a tool why are we still on this yeah and he's wearing like a three-piece suit oh important right he's wearing a three-piece suit and he's wearing a headset and he's like handsome but like that handsome where it's like, oh, God, you're a dick, you know, <laughs> Okay. one of those situations. <laughs> so he hangs up his Bluetooth uh, and he gives Julia a note. And she's like, oh, this is so romantic. It's like when we first started dating and you used to write me love letters. And he's like, I think this is the best one I've written yet. She opens it up and it just says turn around. Mm-hmm. And when she turns around, there's a mariachi band. Oh, and Gavin says, I wanted a string quartet, but this is all they had. Like, at this bar, they just had a mariachi band on retainer in case someone decided to pop the question. Okay. Um, so the mariachi band starts playing, and he starts talking, and he tells the mariachi band to shut up because they're too loud. <laughs> <What>? Right. <laughs> and, like, 
the mariachi band is playing not romantic mu- music at all. Like this is not a good moment. No, and, it's a mariachi band by by default. They don't play romance songs. <laughs> right. And Julia says in response to being asked if she would marry him, "Sure, why wouldn't I marry you?" That's her response. Not yes. All right. Sure, why wouldn't I marry you? And that stuck out in my head. Is that consent? And I'm going to get back to it. Yeah, I don't know if that's She puts consent. the ring on her finger, and that's like the ultimate sign of, yeah, I'm getting married to you. Mm, so I don't know. I need to hear a yes. So now we know what the today is that her dad's referring to as her dad gets up from the table behind them and congratulates her because he knew all along that today was a day that she was going to get proposed to. And that's what her mom would have been really proud of was the fact that now she's getting married, I guess. Okay. So the dude's clearly a dick. Um, he says in his proposal that he only picks winners mm. and that she is a winner. And that's why they should get married because they'll be able to do great things. And yeah. Julia clearly doesn't want to get married. Mm. Um, but she's being kind she of isn't about, pressured into it in a way. Right. She isn't about like planning the wedding. Um, and when they introduced uh, Gavin's mom, Gavin's mom kind of makes it sound like it's a business arrangement. Like, oh, it's going to be great to have a lawyer in the family, especially with this foundation that I run. <laughs> and like, you can work with me at this foundation. And it's super weird, but we'll get back to all of that. Yeah. That's a little bit later on. on. Yeah. A little bit later on, they introduce um, this friend of Julia's. Um who was dating a millionaire, a uh, hotel mongol, who cheated on her, and now she's all over the tabloids. Mm. Because apparently in this world, people care about hotel mongols. Yeah, this sounds uh, familiar. Yeah, so this hotel mongol <laughs> cheats on this girl, and now she's all over the tabloids, and she's like, I just wish I could get away. <laughs> and Julia's like, hey, what if we both run from our problems and go to beautiful Wyoming? Yeah, okay. So, and what city they decide, are they in to begin with? One more time? What what city are they in to be, to begin with? Are they they in, are in Chicago. Okay. All of this is happening in Chicago. Not that it matters. Like, Let's get away from the city. Let's go to beautiful Wyoming. Mm-hmm. And uh it's going to be this bachelorette thing that we're doing. Like my final thing even though I'm probably not going to get married for like a year. Okay. Let's do a bachelorette thing right now. And uh it's for sure like a control thing. Like she wants to feel like she's in control of what's going on. So she just decides to up and leave for Wyoming and Gavin is not having it, but lets her go. Um, which is saying something about him that he's like, I'll let you go. And, uh, when she's leaving and saying goodbye to Gavin, um, she doesn't say, I love you. When he says, I love you. She says, why wouldn't I love you? You're so great. Why wouldn't I love you? And then she gets in the car and drives away. Hmm. Which is weird, right? Yeah, that's a little strange. And it's almost as though they're giving her a giant neon sign that says, she doesn't love him. (laughs) It's crazy. (laughs) They hit you over the head with nearly everything. Now, let me tell you about Sydney. Uh, Sydney, Australia. Sydney, her friend, is this white, white, white girl. Yeah. Who is from the city and, like, wears fancy clothes. And, like, when they drive into Wyoming, there's nothing but mountain and snow. And her first line is, we're so far from a Nordstrom. (laughs) So there's that Hallmark charm. Woo. 
And of course, the car breaks down and uh, it results in bickering between the two ladies. There's no cell service, of course. Right. And uh, they are just outside of like the 500 mile mark from the last gas station they saw. Yeah. And they say that. They're like, we're 500 miles exactly from the last gas station we saw. Hey, my car can make hunky it 500 cowboy. miles. Yeah, what the hell? So suddenly there's this hunky cowboy. All right. Who shows up to save the day. And he's like, hey, you ladies are stuck on this road. And they're like, yeah, we tried to make it over the rock, but we just didn't make it. Now our car's broken down. He's like. Well, there ain't gonna be a tow truck till the morning because the only guy who owns a tow truck in this town's laid up in bed uh, with a broken leg. So y'all can come back in because my mama sure would be mad at me if I let y'all out here to freeze. So why don't you come back and stay at my ranch? Okay. And the funny thing about Hallmark movies is if the only two channels that you had were Skinamax and Hallmark yeah, and you closed your eyes and you flipped between the two real quick... And you stopped randomly on one, unless they were fucking, you would not know if you were on Hallmark or Skinamax, because every scene in a Hallmark movie is like the beginning of a porno. Hmm. Yeah. Especially this one. I where see. They're now. like, we're stuck out in the woods, and this cowboy came, and he's like, both you ladies want to come <laughs> back to my ranch. It's like, it's just a little too close. <laughs> you know. Um. I like it. They're comparing the bad acting in a Hallmark movie to a porno. That's that's good. So he's a so he's a mama's boy. Yep. Um not in that way, of course. No. Okay. And he, his name is Ben. He's a hunky cowboy named Ben. <laughs> it's a real southern. So he name. takes him back to the ranch. The ranch is called Destiny Ridge Ranch. Hmm. Is the name of the ranch. Destiny. Destiny Ranch. Yeah, that sounds like uh one of those funny ranches out there in Las Vegas. Right, and he lives with his mom at this ranch. Hmm. Julia talks about being engaged, and Ben gets depressed, like, at the 15-minute mark. So, like, Ben didn't know her at all, but there's a scene where they're, like, eating dinner with his mom, um, and she's like, yeah, I just got engaged, and it, like, shows Ben, and Ben's like, sad. I'm, I'm a sad cowboy now. Hmm. And it's like this really weird moment, but we're 15 minutes in and I already know how the movie's going to end. Yeah. How do you think? I know. No, at like at the 15 minute mark, I was able to write the rest of the script out and I was a hundred percent right. Hmm. It was incredible. Similar to what I did. But let's go through it anyway. Yeah, let's go. Um, so after that, Ben tells Julie and Sydney about his idea of turning their ranch into a dude ranch tourist attraction hmm. and having people stay in these cabins um to make money and sydney asks that's a great like she's like that's a great idea but like what would they do around like the evening time like when there's no more horse riding and stuff like that and ben's like oh you asked the one question i hadn't thought about uh i figured they would just want to relax and sydney's like no there's got to be something to do or else like why would they come here and like ben gets really upset by this and the mom's like why don't you take them to do that thing you like to do? And so he takes them to a country bar. Oh. Yeah, so now you got two city girls in a country bar, and Sydney's like, now this is what I'm talking about. And Julia's <laughs> being like the level-headed friend who's like, oh, I'll sit back and I'll have a drink. Yeah. Um. So 
Sydney goes off to dance with cowboys, <laughs> and Julia's sitting there with Ben at this table at this country bar, right? And their most important monument in the city is this statue of the founder of the town. Okay. And they've decided to take this monument and put it in the middle of this country bar. The most important monument in the town, their most cherished item, they put in the bar. And I'll give it to Julia. She calls it out. She's like, so this is your like most important monument you put in a bar? And Ben's like, we want to put it somewhere where people can enjoy it. And she's like, okay, I guess. And Sydney's out having a great time. And she's dancing, spinning around. Suddenly, Sydney bumps in to some country girl in jeans and a t-shirt. Mm. And spills her drink all over her. And she's like, I'm so sorry, I'll pay for that. I swear, it's gonna be fine. <laughs> I swear, man. And the girl who got the drink spilled on her decides that she's going to shove Sydney. And so Sydney shoves her back. And then a fight breaks out. And then Julia jumps up to stop the fight and gets shoved by someone behind her into the monument, almost immediately knocking it over and breaking it. What the hell kind of monument is this? I was imagining like a 10-foot stone statue. It was made of wood. It looked like a wooden like Native American that you'd see in gas stations. Oh, okay. That's kind of what it what it looked like. All right. Um, so it's now broken. It just breaks. And okay. <laughs> okay. And Julia and Sydney are thrown in jail. Like you do. Like like you do. Um, <laughs> basically, basically, Sydney is thrown in jail, and Julia's thrown in jail for being friends with an asshole. That was her crime. She's like, I'm friends with this asshole, so now I'm in jail. But it's a good thing she's a lawyer. It's country so, law. Kind of works out. Um, they try to get... Uh, or the, the judge of the town tries to charge her with a felony uh, for bumping into a monument they kept in a bar. Like, he's like, this is a felony, this is a destruction of historical property, and you're going to be in jail for two years. Uh-uh. And he's he's trying to, like, talk him down, uh, and he's like, if you just admit that you did it, we'll drop it to a misdemeanor, and you'll spend 30 days in jail. I don't know like, about that. 30, we were only supposed to be here for a week. None of, this, none of these laws make any sense. Yeah. At all. This is not how any of this works. Yeah, I'm not even um, a lawyer, and I know that's not how it works. It's a good thing that the judge allows hunky cowboys to sit in and on judgments because Ben's standing in the corner with his hat tipped and he goes, uh, what if instead they did 30 days of community service? And like, suddenly you're supposed to forget who the fuck Gavin is. Like he's still out there doing something somewhere. I don't know what, I don't know where, but he's supposed to be somewhere. Right. And the judge says, okay, Benny boy, but these beauties are bunking at the ranch. Why plot development? I guess. Right. Like, Mm. Now these ladies have to stay with you, and that's the law, because I'm the judge, and I tell you what to do. It's so stupid. It doesn't make any sense. This is so now they're stuck for yeah. yeah, so now they're stuck for 30 days in this old cabin with no heat. Basically, it's bad for these two city girls, and Sydney is not a fan. Mm. Uh, but one night in the cabin down, they wake up. Gavin's calling to wake them. The boyfriend, he's now calling on the cell phone, and he's pissed that Julia is stuck there for 30 days and that the paparazzi could find out. Uh, I don't know why yeah, what the paparazzi they cares about Gavin. People. I don't know. That's what 
Gavin said, he's like, the paparazzi could find out. Okay, sure. And it's at this point that Sydney comes out of the bathroom and says the line, I just saw a spider in there bigger than my Gucci clutch. Is that pretty big? She doesn't have a Gucci clutch on her at all in the movie. She just says that. Oh, all right. That's just In my Sydney voice, it would be, I just saw a spider in there bigger than my Gucci clutch. <laughs> I'm 30 minutes in, and I still haven't heard a mention of Valentine's Day Mm. at this point. Okay. So Julia discovers the beauty of Wyoming and is clearly falling for it when she opens the window. and She's like, wow, it's so beautiful here. (laughs) And you're like, yeah, we know how this movie's going to go. And the girls decide um, that for their last night of freedom before their community service starts, they're going to go wandering the town where everyone hates them. Right. That's what they want to do. It's a great idea. Um, that's what they say they're going to do, at least. But uh, Ben basically stops them. He has a best friend, by the way, uh, who is introduced, but whose name is never mentioned. <laughs> um, and I'm pretty sure that at this point, I was pretty sure that that was for Sydney to fall in love with, was this best friend, because like that's what was going to probably go down. Yeah. But you know what? Never mind. Fuck exploring. Sydney goes to get a latte. She says, I'm going to go get a latte. <laughs> and then she walks off. I don't know if she got one. Just never confirmed. Hmm. Uh, while Julia goes for horse for a, a snowy horse ride with Benny, right? Okay. And Julia's horse's name, get this, is Sundance. Sundance. Yes. So they could legally call this trash can of a movie a Sundance film. Oh, I see what they a film about Sundance. So the movie's name is Sun, or no, the the horse's name is Sundance. So now this is a movie about Sundance. This is mm. a Sundance movie. They can say that legally, yeah, because they named this horse Sundance. That's bullshit, and I hate them. So let's keep going. <laughs> hey, that checks out to me. Uh, could, I hate it. Could I go ahead and buzz in and uh, Please, solve the puzzle? By all means, at at any point, you may interrupt me. Um, I'm buzzing in. Try not to spoil too much because I still have a couple a uh, couple of notes going on. I'm gonna guess, but go for it. How this movie ends? Go for it. I think that Julia stays in Wyoming and marries Ben and says, Gavin, fuck off. I don't need your bitch ass. Would you like to find out if you're right? Let's go. Let's go for it. All right. So the next morning, they have to get up before sunrise, boo-hoo, for community service. It's like 6 o'clock. They're like, oh, we have to get out by the fuck. The girls have an idea to go give Lily, Ben's mom, money for letting them stay on the ranch after finding out that the ranch is in trouble um, because Julie was wandering the stables and overhears that they may have to sell the ranch um, because, of course, that's how these movies work. It's that's, like That's modern-day America, man. You gotta we sell gotta the ranch. Sell, we gotta sell this thing we love. Yep. Ain't that a shame? Unless we get real popular out of nowhere, <laughs> we're gonna have to sell the ranch. And the girls have the idea to give the money to Lily, uh, hopefully to help keep the ranch open for a little bit longer. Um, the city girls do farm work, and it goes how you would expect, is what happens next. Not very good. Um, I will say, the horse actors in this movie, great. Love them. Good the horses. horses? Yeah. Great actors. Absolutely beautiful work. They all turn their head on cue uh, to basically mock Julia, and totally agree <laughs> with that. Loved it. Um, Very good. The girls have no idea what they're doing, but Sydney says to do work quicker, they should grand theft tractor, though uh, through little argument, she is able to convince the level-headed Julia this is a good idea. Julia takes out a fence, and we never hear about this scene again. 
Okay, so it just happened and it doesn't. It just happens. Contribute and then we go back to normal. Plot at all? Just nope. See, that's, that's sloppy. What <laughs> so now back at the cabin, we are unwinding and talking about how great um, they are for giving Lily the money. Hmm. They're like, "Oh, we're great," and enter Ben, who gives back the money, saying that he can't accept it because they're not charity. Of course. You give a guy money and try to keep his ranch open, and he's going to say things like, I'm not a charity case. You take this money back. Hmm. And that's what he does. He's got so Julia goes, Yeah. So Julia goes to Lily and asks him for help to convince Ben uh, to take the money, and Lily explains that the ranch used to be a cattle ranch, and Ben found out that horse ranches didn't go under as quickly. They weren't being bought out by banks. Hmm. But now they do, blah, 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 and without explaining why, Ben wouldn't take the money. Um, Lily told Julia she hopes now she understands why Ben won't take it. She's just like, dude, ranches don't sell and cattle ranches do sell. And Ben thought if we became a dude ranch that maybe the bank wouldn't buy us out. Um, and for that reason, Ben won't take your money. And it's like, what? How does A equal B? I don't understand. I'm confused. It doesn't make any sense. This argument doesn't make any sense. And then she ends it with, and I hope now you understand why Ben won't take the money. It's like, no, I don't. (laughs) I don't understand that. But anyway, finally back to the community service, and we find out that the girls are no longer allowed on the farm. Now they're putting up windows on houses. Okay, that's an honest day's work. Yeah. So it takes all two minutes for Sydney's phone to start ringing and for her to drop the window because she has service now. Um, Oh, my goodness. The window shatters, by the way. Like it does. My argument is, she's like, I finally have service. But, like, didn't Gavin just call, like, yesterday? Oh, yeah, that's a good on point. On the cell phone? Yeah. So, like, follow your own rules. If you don't have service, you don't have service. <laughs> anyway. Uh, Jeez. Next, the girls are put in a hospital uh, to be nurses with no training. They're just like, you guys are nurses now. This is your community service. Uh, and Sydney is now hanging out with old people in the nursing home. Okay. An old man. Wants to gossip with Sydney, and they really hit it off. Uh, we find out that the nursing home is also running out of money, and uh, the best friend has a wife, so Sydney's not getting laid. Mm. And that's what we find out in that string of events. But she tells them that everything at the hospital is broke, including the pipes, and that gives Julia an idea. Pipes. It has nothing to do with pipes. Okay. They really made it seem like something had to do with the pipes. But her idea has nothing to do with the pipes. I don't understand why. She's like, even the pipes are broken. And then Julia's like, the pipes. The pipes. <laughs> Does the music change? And then change? Like, runs off. Yes. Yep. And her idea has nothing to do with the pipes. Okay. No idea why she focused on the pipes so much, but it has nothing to do with the pipes. So they go see the judge, the same one who hates them. <laughs> and they agree to have a fundraiser for the hospital by selling raffle tickets in Chicago for an all-expenses-paid trip to Destiny Ridge Ranch. They will also be advertising the ranch while doing this. Is that legal? So they're not giving him money. They're just inviting people to the ranch. It's very white Christmas. Yeah. And all this is going to take place on Valentine's Day weekend. There it is. Whoa. There's the mention That's of right. Valentine's Day. 45 minutes in. 45 minutes. They finally get to the title of the video. And I hear Valentine's Day. How incredible, right? (laughs) They did it, you guys. So Ben's not sure about it. Um, Julia goes to talk one-on-one with him, 
and she's super self-aware about none of this making sense. And that's what the conversation includes is Ben not talking and her being like, I shouldn't have done this. I should have asked your permission. I shouldn't have gotten involved in your ranch. I should probably just go home. And Ben's like, I think I finally learned how to win an argument against a lawyer. And she's like, what? And he's like, don't talk. And she'll argue with herself. And everyone's like, ah, 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 ah. But honestly, Ben's a super likable guy. All right. He gets it. Technically the truth. Um, so they have a moment and Ben agrees to do this fundraiser thing Mm -hmm. and Sydney leaves to sell tickets and we find out that there will be 20 people coming. They're going to sell 20 raffle tickets or there'll be 20 raffle ticket winners and those people will get to come to this all expenses paid ranch Valentine's Day hookup uh, party. Swingers night, if you would, is kind of what it seems like. (laughs) It's hinted at, but they don't put you right out and say he's in the bowl. Whoever you end up with, you end up with. And that's kind of what they're going for. Oh dear. Uh, Julia doesn't want to go home and that's clear. Like, she's like, I think I'm going to stay here. And honestly, I feel like I'm lucky for getting to stay, even though you think you're lucky for getting to go home. Like, I don't want to go home because fuck Gavin, I guess. Yeah, fuck Gavin. Um, And Sydney, her friend, is a bad person for not telling Gavin what's going on because she definitely should have been like, hey, Gavin, by the way, your fiance is definitely about to fuck a cowboy. <laughs> uh, she's about to get some country dick. <laughs> you're so right. But Julia and Ben get to work and to flirt as well. They start flirting mm-hmm. and guess what it's time for a good old-fashioned montage yeah they have a montage of them fixing up the cabins and it's super nice it's not nice at all they're like hammering together and they're like laughing and like talking and like dancing and riding horses it's so cute julia builds a website um it is clear that she looks at a photo of ben and that she is falling for him because the background music starts singing i think i'm falling for you there you go so it's kind of hard to miss uh, yeah, it's literally that song that's like, I think I'm falling for you. <laughs> that one. That's the song that starts playing. Jeez, it's bad. Damn. But the moment is interrupted by Gavin calling. In case you forgot about Gavin, I haven't. I'm glad because yeah. he still exists, even though <laughs> she thinks she's falling for him. It doesn't matter. <laughs> Gavin's still here and uh, still very into to Julia. Mm. So Ben is falling for Julia, and that's clear. Um. So he uh, thanks her for all that she's done, and they go on another ride together, another horseback ride. Horseback, okay. And it's at this point that I start thinking, like, hey, what happened to their car that broke down? Is it just sitting in the woods still? (laughs) Like, they've been here for, like, a week and a half, and the car never showed back up. Yeah, it's leaking oil. And Sydney definitely got into a different car when she left Chicago. I'm starting to think that the two rich girls literally just, like, broke down in this, like, brand-new red Toyota and then just left it in the woods to rot. And it might still be there today. Started a brush fire, actually. Probably. (laughs) Burned down several They destroyed the Wyoming countryside. That's all I'm saying. (laughs) So while on a ride, Julia brings up her mom, in case you forgot. She talks about how her mom loved horses and horseback riding. She also opens up about not wanting to be a lawyer. She says she only became one to step up and help her dad when her mom died. Guess what? Ben relates. Ben's dad died. Oh... Yeah. There you go. Crazy. Yeah. Julia loves Ben's mom, we learn. uh, And these two are basically dating, is kind of what it feels like right now. Uh, There's this weird moment where Ben says Julia is like his mom. Uh, It's very Oedipus. (laughs) It's very gross. Classical Greek. Um, I like that. But you know what? Let's skip all the gross 
Oedipus references and just get back to the fundraising where we learn that Sydney has sold 208 raffle tickets at $200 a pop, netting over $40,000 that her dad said he would match. Yeah. That just happened. Why? How? I don't know. I don't care because guess what? That's what we wanted to happen, I guess. It's a Hallmark movie. Maybe God was looking out for them. I don't know. Yeah. Hey, it's got to end happy. It's got to end happy. No matter which way you do it. And I guess that everyone buys raffle tickets because everyone in Chicago secretly wants to go to Wyoming. (laughs) No, I don't know. (laughs) In my experience, no, they don't. But Sydney (laughs) says like, everyone's worried that they're not going to have fun at night. Like that thing that I said at the beginning. So can you send pictures at that bar that we went to? And so Julia agrees and she goes and starts hanging out with Ben's mom and this girl from the bar who seemed like she was super into Ben, but Ben's like, no, we're not into each other because uh, I've known her since grade school. And it's like, yeah, but it kind of really seems like you two are into each other. Um, and like, there's something going on there. He's like, nah, don't even worry about her. She's just going to show up some of the time. And she does, but not very often. Uh, and definitely not with any speaking lines, that's for sure. Also, Ben has a friend still that uh, we haven't talked about. He hasn't spoken at all, and he honestly hasn't showed up again. His wife has showed up a couple times. Impossible to tell her apart from the other white blonde ladies. They all look the exact same. Um, so they decide to go to the bar and to take some pictures at the bar, and in these pictures that they're taking, Ben is posing as Julia's boyfriend. Hmm. Yeah, for these pictures that are going to be advertised to show, like, there's a nightlife here. Come and have fun with us. Um, And it's at that point where Julia's like, this feels weird. And Ben's like, hey, you know, you're really pretty. And Julia, like, backs up and goes, you shouldn't have said that. And then Ben goes, let's pretend I didn't. And she goes, I can't. And he goes, neither can I. And then she walks away. And you'll never guess whose arm she walks directly into standing in that same country bar. It's Gavin. Gavin shows up to the bar. That bastard. From Chicago. He shows up. Yeah, he took Here a Here he is. Surprise. Drive. There he is. Gavin learns how terrible the cabin life is. Uh, Julia dodges a kiss from Gavin inside of the Ooh, cabin. Oh, boy. <laughs> yeah, right. So Julia's like talking to him and he like leans in for a kiss and she's like oh you missed me <laughs> i'm kilo minx yeah. um and he's like i don't really want to talk about fundraising i just want you to kiss me and she's like i don't want to do that that's actual lines that happen Uh-oh. um so in enters ben who's like hey don't you know that we're doing construction in this cabin tonight you're moving up to the house and your friend's gonna go live with my friend you two can't stay in the same house. Definitely not the same cabin. Yeah, that'd be weird. So the next morning, Gavin and Julia sit down and talk, and Gavin confronts Julia about not being very hungry or being very happy to see him, and Julia says she just needs to get her head straight. And Gavin takes it. He's like, yeah, that sounds about right. Get your head straight. <laughs> but she does invite Gavin up for the Valentine's weekend to come and join in the festivities of this fundraiser. And outside, Ben invites Gavin to help with the cabins. Gavin denies and tells Ben that he could probably help more with the money flow problems, and Ben gets mad that Gavin somehow knows about this uh, financial debt that he is in. But it's a mystery how Gavin knows about it. 
and I'll go ahead and spoil. That's a mystery we never solve. It's never brought up again. He just kind of knows. He's just like, I know all about your finances. And he's like, you told him about my finances? And Julia's like, no, I didn't tell him anything. I don't know how he knows. And then they don't tell us how he knows. That's just something people talk about, you know, finances and stuff. I just know about everyone's finances because <laughs> I'm Gavin and I'm from Chicago. Um, Ben goes, no, no, I'm skipping ahead. Sorry. Uh, later, Ben's friend returns from picking up his daughter. Oh, no, I'm skipping ahead again. Later, Julia returns to the stable to talk to Ben. That's where we are. Um, after getting rid of the old ball and chain. She only finds Ben's friend, whose name is still non-existent. They don't give him a name. It doesn't matter, I guess. His friend speaks for the first time in the whole movie to basically be like, Are you okay? And Julia's like, I'm confused and sad and I don't know why love. Is it the guy I love or is it not the guy I love? I don't know anymore. Uh, and then that goes on for a couple minutes. Um, that's, that's another parallel so, with my movie too. The, uh, the person who is out looking for love has this moment where they're, Oh, I don't know whether I want to go with the guy. And, uh, yeah, so. Yeah. That happens. It happens. So he's like, maybe you should go for a ride. And Julia's like, yeah, okay. So she gets on the back of a horse and rides off. So later, Ben's <laughs> friend returns from picking up his daughter from school and informs Ben that Julia went off for a ride. And Ben tells his friend that she's not answering her phone. She's like, Julia's not answering her phone. I've called her like 20 times and she's not answering. Um, and Julia is missing. It's been hours at this point. Also, fuck the 30 days of community service. That's not happening anymore. We're not talking about it anymore. They just dipped that out doesn't of it? exist. Yeah, no, no, no. The movie's just like, you know what? They're not doing community service anymore. Fuck the 30 days. <laughs> All right. Doesn't matter. Whatever. They broke the law. Yeah. No, it doesn't matter. Fuck it. <laughs> okay. uh, so Ben goes to look for uh, in the outlands of Wyoming. He only finds Sundance, the horse, not the festival. Um, and just when you think Hallmark is nuts enough. To tackle suicide, Ben finds Julia perfectly fine. Oh, they do the fake out thing? They're literally, he's like, Julia, Julia, where are you? He's like pulling Sundance behind as he's riding his horse. And Julia's just like standing on a rock, like looking at her phone. Like not on the ground. She's not hurt. Nothing's wrong with Julia. She's like, I was taking a picture of this beautiful scenery and he got spooked and he ran off. You found my horse. Great. And, like, my only question is, if you were taking a picture on your phone, why the fuck didn't you answer it? Like, Yeah, you'd have it out, and you'd see the He called call. 20 times, and you didn't answer. What the fuck? Like, you just Julia? didn't answer. Come on. And you know what? The movie doesn't talk about it. They're just like, she didn't answer her phone. I need to go find her. And then it's not like, you had your phone? You just didn't? You just decided? I would have loved a conversation where Ben's like, you got your phone in your fucking hand? <laughs> <laughs> is that your fucking phone right there? You just decided that you weren't going to fucking answer? You just going to fucking ignore me? Gave me a okay. fucking heart attack yeah. here. I thought you were dead. I thought the coyotes got you. You know there are coyotes out here, right? You know it was a very real possibility that you rode off, got hurt, and were eaten by something. Eaten alive. And you didn't answer your fucking phone? You're just sitting there looking at it? What the, what the fuck, man? <laughs> no, that conversation didn't happen. I would have loved if it did. This movie would have gotten 10, 10, 10 out of 10 from me. Wow. But that's not what happened. Um, But she tells Ben that she's going to marry Gavin right there after he saves her life and comes and finds her. She's just like, I have to marry Gavin. He... So you can basically fuck off, but thanks for finding me. And that's like how it happens. And, you know, Ben, as a natural reaction, just pretends that she didn't say anything and is like, let's get back to the ranch. And that's how it ends. That's the confrontation. 
She's like, I can't marry you. And he's like, okay, let's get back to the ranch. And that's it. Oof. He just slides off him. He just slides off. Takes so, it like a G. Later, Julia is now back decorating for the Valentine's Day fundraiser and everyone is on their way. Um, they're 16 hours away at this point. And Ben pulls her away to show her something. Uh, it's her new old cabin and it's perfect for Julia. Has all of the requests that she was complaining about. Um, ben names it the Codwell Cabin. Mm-hmm. I guess... That's Julia's last name. This is the first time that they've said it. Sure. Why not? So they're like, I named it Codwell because that's your last name. In case the audience didn't know that your last name is Codwell, by the way. It's kind of cute. So it's the Codwell cabin because her. Because if I named it the Julia cabin, that'd, that'd be weird. So we gave her a last name. And Ben thanks Julia for everything. Julia almost says, I wish that I could stay. But instead, she chokes back tears and just leaves. Now the city folk arrive. All of the Chicagoans are getting off the personal jet that they got for uh, the festival. And the festivities begin, and Gavin shows up late. He missed the jet, so he flew commercial. Hmm. He's like, I was late for the jet, so I got a ticket for commercial. And I rode commercial here, a real sacrifice I made for you. I sat in coach. You believe that? Coach to Wyoming? There were pigs on the plane. That's kind of the, the vibe that he gives off. <laughs> it's a three-hour flight. Calm down. So they, they ended up raising $200,000. I did the math. That is not how much they said they raised, but whatever. Yeah. They say they should have made 80000 but I guess that wasn't enough, so they made $200,000, they announce. Uh, so I guess, yay, hospital. We never see the hospital again. Yeah. Hmm. They don't do anything with the money. They don't show that the hospital is grateful. They don't even talk to the people who own the hospital. It doesn't matter. Hospital's fine. We can assume that. So Gavin, yeah. So Gavin continues being a dick with random asshole number three by saying, um, if Julia keeps doing charity and not working for his mother's nonprofit foundation, he'll have to put his foot down. Okay. Like what? He's like, you're not allowed to do charity unless it's my charity. <laughs> Then you can do charity. But if you keep doing random charity, I'm going to kill you. Damn, son. It's kind of like, not kill you, but divorce you for sure. Julia overhears. Later, Sydney takes everyone shopping. Um, Gavin is yelling on the phone. Julia pulls him aside to talk. She confronts him about not wanting to be here, about like Gavin not wanting to be here. And she asks him to leave. She's like, if you don't want to be here, you can leave. He says, Nah, babe, that's just what guys do. We bitch about our wives. And Julia asks him to politely fuck off and take his ring with him. Oof. Yeah. Huh. So basically, uh, she's like, I don't want to marry you anymore. That solves that. So Ben's, Ben sees Gavin fucking off and gets jealous that Julia and Gavin were alone in his stable. It's my stable and you aren't going to fuck in it, is kind of what uh, Ben is thinking. So later at the Valentine's Day dinner, Julia is looking for Ben. Ben doesn't want to talk because he can't fuck a married woman. And little does he know that she's not going to be a married woman. Um, Now, Ben is up for the auction that we were talking about before, the cowboy auction. Mm -hmm. And Julia is in a bidding war, a thousand bucks um, that the white lady called that was never introduced. And at this point, they could have introduced that one lady who's like, no, we've just been friends since we were kids. And like, that could have been the bidding war. But no, that wasn't good. So they brought in a random Chicago Ian, <laughs> this like blonde bimbo woman from Chicago who we've never met. And she's like trying to outbid Julia at this point. Um, but Julia runs out of money and Julia's dad steps up. Um, but the rich lady in white is ready to buy the fucking ranch to fuck Ben. 
So she throws more money out, and Ben's mom is handing out cash to Julia, like, please, fuck my boy. Like, <laughs> that's kind of what's going on. They're all giving her money, like, you have to win. So Julia has $15,000, and the random rich lady is out. She won, and an awkward no-eye-contact dance with the guy that she told to fuck off a couple of days ago, um, she's confused why he's mad. Hmm. She's like, what are you mad about? Um, because, you know, Ben's not a fucking mind reader, Julia. <laughs> he's got to know like, some shit. He doesn't know what's going on. He still thinks you're getting married. Um, but she finally tells him what he watched happen and that she sees a future with Ben and they kiss. There it is. There it is. First kiss. Uh, and she says she's going to stay. Oh. And then it fades to black. And that's the whole movie. That's it? That's it. All right. So it ends in the first kiss. That's it. <sighs> that's all we get to see. But yeah, I I had a couple more little snippets. Um, this is more from my Please. more more from what my perspective. Think? Homework is geared towards I'd say women primarily. Oh yeah. Um, whether they're middle aged, younger, or older, it's a crowd of suburban, typically white women who um, who have nothing better to do sometimes than like to watch TV. Nothing True. wrong with that. Um, there's the there's a kind of stereotype of the the stay-at-home mom that watches soap operas after she puts the kids down for a nap. I think that's, you know, that's that's a stereotype that exists, and that's maybe what some people that watch Hallmark do. Uh, who am I to say? That's the target audience. Very much so, yeah. Um, but that's, you know, that's from my perspective. I didn't take the whole route of uh, here's what this filmmaker did and here's what this filmmaker didn't do because I just don't know that stuff. Um, sure. I mean, I've worked on movie sets. Oh, so all right. I know what to look out for. Nice flex, Alex. <laughs> I was a cinematographer on a professional movie set, but it's fine. Keep going. <laughs> but it, it comes down to the question, what else are you going to watch when you're home, you know? Yeah, what else is on, you know? There's the news. There's The Price is Right. But after a while, that kind of gets the price is right. it's a good show. Uh, yeah, Jeopardy, who wants mm-hmm. to make a deal. Um, but soaps, maybe they're getting a little boring. The soap operas, you know? Um, yeah, they're bad. But it's taking the idea of soap operas and condensing them down into a, a 90 minute long made for TV movie, which is essentially Correct. what Hallmark is. And honestly, that's maybe sometimes what you need in some cases. It's a simple plot line that's pretty easy to follow. You're, right. you, you can stare down at your phone for 30 minutes, look back up and be like, oh, yeah, I know right, right where I left off. Correct. It's using predictable characters and predictable reactions. It's not a whole lot of brain power that's really required to watch these things. And I'm not calling people that watch these movies dumb. It's just that this is something that's it's lowbrow entertainment in a way. It doesn't require a whole it's lot not of... Meant, right. It's not meant to be something that challenges you um but it's it's like a low thrill rating ride if we're if we're going to go to king's island right you have the the thrill rating of one to four i think it is or one to five whichever it is this is like bumper cars with four being diamondback or something like that correct um but now we're going to get to my movie and for this i sat down and watched it and i I took notes while i was watching it and you can just call me that's what i did as well yeah you can call me smith and wesson because i got a whole lot of bullets boy Let's hear it. <laughs> so my movie me with them. is called uh, Midnight Masquerade. Ooh. You want to guess what it's about? Okay. Um, I'm getting Romeo and Juliet vibes. Mm-hmm. I'm getting Phantom of the Opera vibes. Mm-hmm. So if I had to guess the plot, I would say it's about two people from very different worlds. Um, 
who maybe aren't meant to be together, but both end up at this masquerade party. Um, and they fall in love. And maybe uh, when the masks are off, it's revealed that, well, it's Hallmark, so they're both attractive, but it's revealed that maybe one of them isn't so great uh, and the other one has way higher standards than they can accomplish. Uh, you kind of missed the mark. <laughs> Did I? <laughs> but that's okay, because it does have to do with, you were right on one count, which is the people that shouldn't be together but are. Um, mm-hmm. but uh, I'll get to that in a minute, but everything else kind of missed the mark. <laughs> Did I, there is a masquerade ball. So that's okay. two for what? 12 or something like that. Um, that's a 20%. Not bad, not terrible, but, uh, before watching here's, here's my kind of thoughts on it. I thought it was just, uh, right off the bat. It's a Cinderella plot. It's not Romeo and Juliet. Okay. Um, the girl finds the guy at a masquerade ball perhaps, and they set her down and live happily ever after. And, I'm just looking at the thumbnail to glean all this information. But all I saw on the thumbnail was a square-chinned man looking at a dainty uh, Audrey Hepburn-type woman in a ball gown. So the Cinderella plot is not the plot of the movie. It's just what you thought it was? Well, it turns out it actually is. Oh, man, <laughs> so really? I was right about that. Um, maybe I didn't think it as thoroughly as I could have. But, Fair enough. Um, it's, it's a reverse Cinderella movie in, in my and and after watching it, you realize this the the gender roles are just flipped. That's that's what okay. I mean by reverse Cinderella. Interesting. Um, but that's that's not a porn title. It's just me describing the thumbnail as we said reverse before. Cinderella. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> sounds like a weird move or something. That's incredible. <laughs> the reverse Cinderella. Um, but here's the here's the plot description underneath the video. A young woman's life takes a turn when she inherits a billion dollar company. On Halloween night, she shares a dance with a mysterious prince at a costume ball and yearns for the love and romance of her life that she's been missing. So right off the bat, you know, this is going to be a good, you know, kind of romantic flick. Um, Right. I don't want to call it a chick flick because I watched it and I'm clearly not a woman, but (laughs) I have no idea why I watched this movie. Oh, yeah. Now now I do. Uh, It was it was on Screen Rant's worst Hallmark movies of the decade. It got Ooh, a good. yeah, it got a six point two out of ten on IMDb. Throw that link in the show notes. I will. You know, I will. Thank you. Eighty-seven percent of Google users like this movie, but you know, whatever. Google, you're Who wrong. Doesn't on Google. <laughs> this is number seven on that list. Um, so that's a pretty credible source. Um, okay, I'm going to kind of use that to back my arguments up uh, because I don't have all the all the ammunition that you do in that way. Um, but I, I took a peek there and I thought it would be good to go ahead and entertain this movie called Midnight Masquerade. You love, you love saying the name of the podcast. <laughs> I gotta. Every episode, <laughs> you find a way to entertain saying entertain this. I do. I gotta, you do. I gotta shoehorn it in somehow. It's in case. You always do. In case okay. you forget. Okay, okay. Okay. Keep going. Keep going. Uh, but it's a Halloween movie. They, it seriously seems like Hallmark has a movie for every occasion. They have a movie for every Hallmark holiday ever. Um, You're so right. But this one is Halloween. So it's quantity over quality, like I said before. And I thought maybe because it has Masquerade in it, perhaps maybe it has a, a tie back to Bioshock in some way. How the displacers wear the mask. I don't know. I don't know. You were wrong. I'm dead wrong. I knew I was wrong too. <laughs> of course you were wrong. But like an idiot, I held to that <laughs> the hope that 
oh, maybe they'll be enraptured. No, I'm kidding. No. Of course not. Mm. It's, it's Hallmark. It's not going to happen. It's too creepy for that. But here we go. Let's watch it. <laughs> this is just a series of off-the-cuff rants that I was just typing as I was watching this. But uh, Let's hear it. Bro, they hit me with a cliche in the first 30 seconds. The whole beep, Convince beep. me that this is worse. Beep, beep. Watch and... it, buddy. Oh, my God. They didn't. They did. Thir- first 30 seconds, the dude's crossing the street. And, uh, of course, he's late because, you know, they're always late. They're and... always late. <laughs> he's trying to get to a job. He's in his nice, you know, corporate getup, whatever. Um, but, yeah, he crosses the, crosses the crosswalk and gets beeped at in, uh, I think it's Pittsburgh. It really doesn't fucking matter at this point. It's a city. Who gives a shit? Um, Pittsburgh. But they walk in. And I'm like, what the, who the fuck's this doorman character? And right off the bat, I know the acting's bad. And I don't know shit about acting. It's <laughs> just they, they hold on the person too long whenever they're delivering a line. And it's just that awkward Ooh. half second where it's like, um. That's directing, baby. It doesn't That's sit too well. bad directing and editing. Yeah, it doesn't sit too well for me. Uh, but the the young main character, his name is Rob, as you find out later, he's nice as fuck. He's the oh, yes yeah. man in the office. He's taken in all the work. Uh, he's a lawyer too, by the way. That's a nice little parallel. Okay. Um, but this dude's working a lot. Maybe it's the same universe. <laughs> Probably could be. The weird fucked up Hallmark universe that exists. The Hallmark cinematic universe. Oh, God. Here we go. <laughs> Let's keep going. <laughs> but another cliche is the the little brat, the teenage girl, and she's sassy. Uh, my, oh, yeah. The daughter? No. Or is it the daughter of the mm-mm, boss? Mm-mm, mm-mm. Nope, it's the niece. Okay, keep going. Uh, oh. it, my parents would have beat the shit out of me if I talked to my... <laughs> if I talked to them like that. Like, yeah. <laughs> she says, <laughs> sassy the entire time. But his, She says that. She's sassy. Okay. Um, but it's it's his family's niece. It's always the niece or the, the family member that's trying to hook the single person up in every... Yes. Every possible cliche. There it is. In the real world, I think this dude would have a missus by now. He's a pretty good looking guy. He's got the the square jaw, the nice tans, the, uh, you know, he's got the whole nine yards. He's a little awkward, but whatever. Um, but the, you find out the main characters uh, first meet in the bowling alley. Bowling becomes a huge, uh, I don't know, what do you call that? It's something that they keep coming back to. There's a name for it. I just forget what it's called. Callback. A callback. Maybe it's a callback. I don't know. But the the our main character Rob, he's obsessed with bowling. Um, and right off the bat, when the when the two when the two meet, the music changes, and you know oh. you know they're gonna hook up later. So you're like, this makes sense. You're like, yep. They first meet in a bowling alley. Sure, why not? And you find out later they actually get married in the bowling alley because that makes sense, right? Um, <laughs> but it's <Ew>, plot plot <laughs> plot spoiler. <laughs> Oh, yeah, I guess spoiler warning for these Hallmark movies. Let's keep going. Yeah, big old spoiler warning. Um, but it hits you over the head with it. Hey, uh, they're going to frick later. Maybe. <laughs> <laughs> I can't get over this. I'm laughing at my own thing. Um, but the, the the guy's dad, the, the man Rob, his dad runs the lawyer company. And uh, okay. I just think, you know, he's a spoiled little trust fund baby. <laughs> um, but he's not. He He's working hard. And his other brother's. Uh, he has more other brothers that work for the uh, lawyer firm that his, his dad runs. 
and they're always like dumping work on them because so they can go out and party and be douchebags or whatever. But evil stepbrothers. Yeah, mm, that sounds familiar. Huh. Uh, mm. But it's another cliche once again. Uh, he works late, falls asleep at his computer, and rushes to work once again because he's late. And again with the doorman. The doorman always has something to say. <coughs> the doorman always has something to say. And he keeps trolling him. And I'm wondering why he keeps bringing this guy coffee if every time he talks to him he's going to say something snarky. I wouldn't mm-hmm. bring anyone coffee if they were to give me shit. Yeah. <laughs> but <laughs> And then uh, another cliche is the, the co-worker that he's talking to. This is, this is rare because she's an African-American lady. We found, uh, we found the um, person of color within the movie. But wow, yeah, it's rare. Uh, and sh- she isn't the cliched kind of African American woman that you would have expected. She's just kind of normal, honestly. Okay. Um, hey, we can respect that. Yeah. So plus plus points for that. And I know we're trying to find the shittiest movie, but I'm gonna be a little light, like I said before. Um, but she fills in the the plot details, blah blah blah, whatever. She's the exposition person. Exposition, right? That's how, that's what you call it in uh, film school. Correct. But it's 10 minutes in, and I already know what's going to happen. And yeah. he's, it's like, okay, here's the plot. I can already see what's going to happen. Um, you can write it out. Another thing is he's working on an Apple. Uh, lawyers don't work on Apples. They work on Microsoft. And that's, that's just a dumb thing I noticed. But um, And that's something only you would notice. I, I wouldn't have. <laughs> I work on an Apple computer. I do too. But I know lawyers don't. So... <laughs> Fair enough. It's a dumb thing I noticed, but the case he's working on is with the lady from the bowling alley we met before, oh, right? Oh, interesting. Yeah, you're like, they're definitely going to frick later. You know they're going to do it. <laughs> like, it's going to happen. <laughs> they might show it. Like I said, it's always like two seconds away from becoming porn. Yep. Always. Yep. Two seconds away. Keep going. Um, it just happens to be in a lawyer's office this particular time. Um, but the D-bag brother, right, that I mentioned before is trying to steal the girl. Yeah, this is another again, another, again another cliche. Yeah. Uh, the brother and Raw are like, or Robin are like twins or something. Uh, they look very similar. They both have the chiseled jawline, the suit, the clean shaven beard, whatever the fuck. And uh, he's a charmer, you know, but he's stupid. Which is, I, I guess that's another cliche. I really don't know, but uh, he's a charmer. Uh, Rob's a smart boy, a little awkward, kind of a chump yeah. and kind of a pushover. He's talking with his friends and coworkers like, uh, I don't know if I should try and frick this lady or not. And uh, we're just going to fast forward because I really don't care, <laughs> which I did because this movie did not keep my attention long enough for me to actually watch the entire way through. So here we go. Here we go. We're at the ball. It's about halfway through the movie. Um, oh, man. The dude's still obsessed with bowling. He brings it up, brings up a little factoids like, oh, he won the PGA Tour with Tiger Woods. Uh, it's a magical evening at this masquerade ball. His niece got him to come. And uh, w- once again, it's a magical evening of dancing and uh, the, the two people meet, the two the two main characters Do they do meet. that thing where like everyone knows this choreographed dance? Yeah, yeah, a little bit but, like, like that. But like how does everyone know this one dance? It's like, hey, everyone do the, do the electric sh- slide shuffle, whatever that dance move is called. <laughs> Great. <laughs> it's something like that, but a lot more elegant and... La, yeah. da, da, but they're doing it um and then the the lady takes off her 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 slippers of course another little chung and cheek cinderella reference there but or uh, you know it could be a uh could be out of a little reference to a famous director who likes feet i noticed that there's a lot of feet in this movie um 
no no names to mention, but there is a director out there who particularly enjoys feet. <laughs> Maybe he directed this one. Who knows? Maybe he. Or but she. hey, that's just you know. That's just a theory. Could be, could be fact. Could be Pulp Fiction. Who knows? A game theory. <laughs> And thanks so much for suing us. <laughs> Go ahead. I keep getting off the rails. It's getting late, honestly. Um, but uh, this ends. Um, he puts the slippers back on her, her little tootsies, and uh, that's it. They start, they kiss. The music changes, and it's magical. Um, that These two people are like tongue-in-cheek. They don't know each other. I'd notice somebody if they had a mask on, Okay. Wouldn't you? Yeah. If I mean, I've like never a, been to a masquerade ball, but I always thought it was a little ridiculous. It's a little silly. But I will say, in the world of COVID-19, people who wear face masks, I can rarely tell who they are. Yeah, that's a different thing, because they're covering up their mouth with masquerade. It's weird. In um, in our society, we recognize people from the nose and mouth. Very much. But in, like, um, in like Asian countries and Asian societies, they recognize people... Um, from the nose up hmm. instead of from the nose down. I never would have thought of that. That's that's crazy. Yeah, uh, but yeah, that's an interesting little factoid. You can't fool me because I'm an American. Damn it! Um, <laughs> <laughs> with the whole face mask thing, I have trouble telling who people are if they if they wear that. Yeah, but yeah, I never thought about that. Um, but once again, I fast forward after the first kiss because from there on out, it's just going to be more stupid bullshit. I don't care about. You're right. Um. I feel bad for you for actually watching a movie like this. <laughs> I totally watched the whole thing. I know. And like took very detailed notes, but keep going. I said I was going to, and I didn't, uh, cause I couldn't <laughs> quite frankly. Keep going. That's okay. Uh, I don't blame you. That's part of this. Fast forwarded. Okay. So we're around the end where it's about 15, 10 minutes to go. The niece, uh, got probably got robbed to go to the ball. Yep. That's it. She, that's what she did. Um, this shit is so shallow. It's like a puddle. Um, apparently old pops who runs the lawyer's practice is trying to screw the lady out of money. And, uh, there's this, there's this confrontation. This is the buildup. This is the climax of the movie. And, uh, everybody's in the office like, why are you trying to screw this young lady out of money? And, uh, it ends with Rob kissing her right in front of his dad. He's just like, wow, I don't give a fuck. Come here, sugar. <laughs> and she's like, I don't know who you are. <laughs> no. Pepper spray in the eyes. But this at this and point And then she she files a class action lawsuit because this isn't the first time that one of the sons <laughs> has sexually harassed one of the people. She wins the money. She moves to Wyoming. She fucks a cowboy. I'm gonna stop you right there. Because that's not Sorry, the, that's I was, applied at all. <laughs> I was making too many assumptions. Keep going. That's my bad. <laughs> but Rob gets fired. He don't give a fuck. And now he's representing this woman in her own practice, in his own practice. Okay. And uh, apparently that's enough money to pay the bills at this point. She's a rich heiress, a billionaire. It's, it could happen, whatever. Uh, the doorman, who we find out later, becomes the uh, staff lawyer for him. Because uh, I guess there's a subplot there that uh, he becomes a lawyer and he goes to night school and improves his life or something. But you find out that he used to be a lawyer. So they get married at the bowling alley. And Ta-da. yeah, there you go. And it's happy and they all have a happily ever after, but it ended, this movie ended black screen. Imagine this, right? Script font saying, okay. and they lived dot, dot, dot. Well, you know, you sly fuck. I nearly had a stroke when I read this. It was so cliche <laughs> and he's in on the fucking joke. He's playing 4D chess and I don't appreciate it. 
My last two it. brain cells just had a suicide pact and shot one another after that because the director's being <laughs> coy with the whole damn thing. He's in on the game, goddammit. And he's that's he the proof. That's the proof. And they're living You're so right. And they lived happily ever after. And they, he didn't even say he just said, Well, you know, I just did Cinderella, <laughs> but I reversed it. Hallmark let me do it for two million dollars. <laughs> Boy, that that's got what me happened. fired up. My heart rate's up now. I, uh, yeah, yeah. It's good. <laughs> that bastard. After watching, after I went outside and had a nice deep breath and walked the dog, I yeah. came back and I collected uh-huh. my thoughts, right? Sure. You know what? It wasn't that bad. But it wasn't good. You liked it. It wasn't good either. No, of it's course not. It's really hard to nail down one thing, like I said before, that's, that's something I could point to and say, this is a C-grade movie. There's not really one thing. It's a multitude of things that I can't really place. And I'm not really sure why. I was correct in my original assumption that it was a Cinderella story with the, with the gender switched at this point. Um, and that's real original, isn't it? But... Mm-hmm. I could have watched the entire movie and I just didn't, I didn't care for it. Um, this movie probably could have been edited down to 15 minutes tops. Yeah. Um, there's a, there's a brief synopsis somewhere. I forget which website, but it boils it down, um, into two sentences basically. And if your movie, if your movie can be summed down to two sentences, I think you're doing something wrong. Yeah. Um, Elise, if you, these, these movies could be Hallmark commercials. Yeah. They could be two minutes. They could be. Two-minute Hallmark commercials. Done. Boom. And it's almost as though that's what they do is they take these two-minute Hallmark commercials <laughs> and they explain them. They explain the one Hallmark move. They stretch them out in it. and be like, well, this is uh, Bill and he likes to uh, uh, sail boats. And uh, Like for my movie, it would have been the scene where Gavin's proposing and he like pushes her the letter, but instead of a letter, it would have been a Hallmark card. Ooh, good one. And that would have been, that would have been the Hallmark commercial they were explaining. You better not talk so loud. They're going to hire your ass. I hope. <laughs> I hope. I hope they do. But here's the, Here, here's the two sentence synopsis, right? Elise, a rich heiress, meets Rob, a bullied lawyer, and the two fall in love during a costume ball when he learns that his firm's owner plans to steal Elise's fortune. Rob has to find the courage to stand up to his intimidating boss. Yep. Yeah. That's it. That's it. <laughs> Jeez. It's so unoriginal basis, like everything Hallmark. And I, I don't know. I guess my reaction was just kind of meh. Um, it's just okay. It's not really sh- shitty. Um, but I'm a guy who doesn't really dig this kind of movie. I don't like the romantic comedies. But, I mean, take it with a big grain of salt, right? This movie was, wasn't made for me. And I don't think the other one was either. Um, the plot was kind of stupid, but... <laughs> He he could have waited until happily ever after to fricker. I'm I'm really not sure why he didn't. Um, he could have waited until after the trial for all this to do it. In the Hallmark Cinematic Universe, no one ever has sex. Right, you have to understand that. Oh, they fall in love and they have nice evenings and they cuddle, fully yep. clothed. Okay, and that's it. That's they don't have sex. Hmm. Yeah, but he could have waited. That to, doesn't happen to approach that. You know, after this trial that they were having, he could have waited. He didn't have to lose his job for this woman. You're right. But he did, I guess, to uh, put it all on the line. Um, but here's the, here's the verdict. Uh, this is Go a ahead. shitty movie. Yes. Easily one of the worst that I've seen in some time. Um, yes. It gives a D-plus grade for a number of reasons, but uh, yeah. Just meh. Thanks for entertaining this or, or something. Closing statements. Let's go. Here's mine. I think my movie's worse. 
Yeah. And here are the reasons why. Easily predicted plots, two-dimensional characters. Mm-hmm. Um, it never knows where it's going. <laughs> it's like running through a maze, but you have no control because you keep hitting these dead ends and then never coming back to them. Number of strings that got left untied. And I'm just supposed to be happy with the ending because they told me so. I didn't even get a They Live Happily Ever After. It just ends. No? No. Fades of Black ends. I'm inclined to agree with you that that movie is shittier, but I will say this much. Um, I could agree with you on the, on the, on the, on the part you said about two-dimensional characters because there's very much mm-hmm. that. Mm-hmm. Um, and predictable plot. There's a predictable mm-hmm. plot. Um, mm-hmm. this movie kind of stays in one location. It doesn't have that exciting, uh, twinge of going places. It just mm-hmm. stays in the lawyer's office. Lawyers are fucking dumb people. I can tell you that much. And boring people. The, the whole plot to the producers is that being a lawyer or being an accountant is boring. It is. And you could go a million different places with that. Like, what do the lawyers do after hours? But you don't, cause you just keep them in the office and say words like, trial and deliberation and objection and <sighs> so boring. Mm. Um, but I'd, um, I'd kind of like to argue that my movies may be shittier. Uh, okay. And it, the reason is because it takes the, the tried and true plot of Cinderella and shits mm-hmm. on it. <laughs> There's no way around it. <laughs> it just, you could have done this really well. You could have done this swap to gender roles. Uh, awesome. You could have been, okay, here's the ma- the macho man archetype and flipped it on its head. You could have done all that, but you didn't. What you did was you made a, a whipped male who gets bullied all the time and then had him married to a, or in, interested in, into a woman who, who just gets the, the lap of luxury from day one. The, her father doesn't die or anything, but he turns over the company to her and all of a sudden she's got billions of dollars and she's trapped in this this lawsuit over something stupid like the name. And they keep using this thing like, uh, what was the word? Cyber squatting where, Oh, you stole my donate domain name on the, on the internet. I was like, what? This movie was made in 2014. If you still got issues with domain names, come on now. That's between you. <laughs> it's between you and your, your IT guy. Here's my counter argument to that is I think my movie's shittier. Okay. Because it follows, the plot map of every other Hallmark movie. At least yours was trying to be something new. Maybe, but at the same time, it was doing the, the tried and true It Cinderella. failed at it. Yeah, very much so. Here's the thing, Nick. I don't think you and I are going to be able to decide whose movie was worse. No, there's no way. So we're leaving it to the listeners. Okay. We're going to leave it to the people who listen. I'm going to jump on our Twitter, entertain underscore this, yep. at entertain underscore this. Hit us up. Uh, and I'm going to have the listeners vote on it. All right. And if we don't have anyone listen or vote in time for next week, uh, we'll have Michael decide. We'll have Michael's girlfriend, Jade, Chloe, and Natalie um, listen and decide whose movie is shittier. And whoever picked the shittier movie wins. (laughs) The loser... The loser must write their own shitty Hallmark movie. Which I can tell you, if I write mine, it's not going to be good. (laughs) It shouldn't be. Um, and on our next episode of Entertain This, the quick this will be the presentation of that screen. There you go. Pitch. Yeah. How's that sound? 
That sounds good. I still think mine's. Well, I don't know. It's a tie. I could really be convinced. I think mine's pretty shitty. I think yours is pretty shitty. But I think only the listeners will truly know who had the shittier movie. I stated my case much like a lawyer, and I will let the jury deliberate. Hey, I also stated my case much like a lawyer. (laughs) Such as Julia, the lawyer. Or Rob. Who failed the bar exam three times. Rob. Lawyer versus lawyer. Defending lawyer versus lawyer. I think you have a quick this this week, Nick. Is that correct? Um, I, I did, but, um, I don't know. I feel like we've been, we've been going on for so long. Nah, it's tradition. Go ahead. Hit us with a quick this. It's only five minutes. I don't have notes for this, but here we go. I want to talk to you about Instagram. Now it's, it's an app that we all use. It's an app we all know and love. I have, I have two damn accounts on Instagram. Uh, that's, that's how much I like it at nice, nice, strong Nick. Yeah. Hit me Mm -hmm. up. Uh, or don't after this rant. Um, but I'm getting real fucking sick of it. I'm getting sick of all the, the advertisements that are repetitive. I'm getting sick of repetition in general. Um, obviously I'm on there an awful lot since the, uh, COVID outbreak. And I think all of us are, um, and it really shows with your stories. I've been, I've been seeing them out there. Um, you're posting these, these 30 day song challenges. There seems to be like a string of challenges, especially last week. Um, like, Oh, can you do, can you do 10 pushups? If you can't do 10 push-ups, just forget about it, okay? There was a there was a Tom Holland one where it was, can you put your shirt on? Oop, that was my chair. <laughs> can you put a shirt on while doing a handstand? Yeah. And I'll be honest, I did it. Okay, I'm going to try that next. Just to, okay, go ahead. Just to show fun. you up. Um, go ahead, I dare you. <laughs> but yeah, it's, it's, I don't know what it is. I don't like the, the taking of content and then filling in your own information. It's like... It's like, here's, here's what you can get me for a gift exchange if you have me in the Secret Santa. That's what it seems to remind me of. But those actually serve a purpose. With these things that I see on my Instagram story, it just seems like unoriginal, just like, here's what I'm listening to. And I can understand maybe you're a little bored. I'm bored too. I don't post that shit on my Instagram story because I know that somebody's going to be out there and be like, oh, cool. I don't know. Maybe it's just not made for me. Maybe it's like a romance type of thing. But I'm getting kind of fed up, kind of bored with it. I don't like the the whole 30 day, uh, song challenge or the, the, the 10 pushups challenge or the, I don't like challenges in general. I didn't do the ice bucket challenge. I didn't do the cinnamon challenge cause I know that would kill me. Maybe I'll do it now after watching all these stories, but still, <laughs> God damn, it's just so much. How do you feel about the astrology? Um, Instagram those piss me off too. I hate them. Yeah. People who repost those. Stop it. I don't give a shit. No, I, don't I won't care. stop. I still will do it. <laughs> you should start doing it too. Do you even care about astrology at all? I don't. I don't think that it's really... Uh, oh, that would make a great episode of Entertain This. I know, and I, I know I should entertain it, but I feel like it would just end with me ranting about it because it's based Maybe. on the stars, right? And it's how they're aligned. based on, yeah. 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 It's stars have moved since the past 10,000 years. Those aren't even well, the same Well, that's the thing. Locations. They move back into position, and that's what your zodiac sign is. It's the position of the stars when you were born. Look, I'm a Leo, okay? I don't think I'm a Leo at all. <laughs> Just like a Leo. That's exactly what a Leo Ooh, thinks. A Leo, a Leo wants thing. to be... Shut up. You want to be in control of everything. <laughs> that's exactly what it is. Ooh. Tell me I'm wrong. Ooh, People will argue against thing. it. Don't even get me started. I, Being an Aquarius <laughs> is painful. I don't even know what the fuck an Aquarius is. Because quite frankly, I don't care. <laughs> okay. Hey, I'm going to do an entertain this on uh, astrology, and I'll teach you to care. 
Yeah, I mean, it's it's probably not for me. I made me. you care about D&D, and now we're playing a weekly game. That's true. I do like D&D, but the whole so, astrology thing, I think it's it's made for for um, for kind of college-age women who are looking for some sort of meaning in life. Um, I'm sorry if you're listening out there and I just defended you, but that's mm-hmm. it's the truth, okay? Um, but yeah, I, d- I just don't like the recycled content on Instagram. I don't like do it. Do you think that it's kind of the recycled stuff is kind of like astrology where it's like you get this one thing that's widespread and it's so relatable that everyone shares it um yeah it could be but the the reason why astrology is so so popular to begin with is because it's just vague enough that you can kind of make the cognitive jump from uh applying it to your life pretty easily i feel like um it's arguable that those like fill in the blank instagram story things for example or the face filter ones that are like, this is who you are in the Harry Potter oh, universe. They're like, this is who you are in the VeggieTales universe, like those. Yeah, it's a randomized um, thing. Okay, big deal. Yeah, it's randomized, <laughs> whatever. But they're all so relatable yeah. that you can pretty much fit yourself in any character. And if it doesn't work, like, you just free roll. See that. Just like astrology, <laughs> mm, uh, I can see just that. Just free roll. <laughs> just, just re roll. Oh, that just day didn't, you get what you that want day didn't apply to me. I will say the first time that I did the which Marvel character are you, I got Spider Man the first try. Yeah, which is rightfully so. so. You should be Spider Man. Um, I pretty much am. You are Spider Man, and I think we're going to talk about that pretty soon. I think you're Bruce Banner. If I had to assign you a Marvel superhero, it means I'm the Hulk, right? Yeah, yeah. And that's also your time. That's five minutes. Damn, son, not bad for no notes. I always go no notes, and it always kind of works out. I got sidetracked with this uh, this shitty Hallmark thing that I didn't even have time to write notes for the Instagram. You did great. Okay. And I can't wait to see who has the shittier movie. We'll find out next week. Yes, we will. Michael will also return next week. Um, next week, we are going to have a guest. Unfortunately, because Michael was sick and missed this episode, he missed his opportunity to host this month, but he'll be back next month to host his episode of Entertain This. This episode of Entertain This was co-produced by Alex Steele and Nick Mustakangas. Our theme music is Rush Bubble by Aaron Spencer. Tune in every Friday for new episodes. Thanks for listening.